This is 2021. This is the Betfred Super League. Be ready. Hello there, we are back. A warm welcome to another Eddie and Steve-O the podcast, sponsored by Betfred, of course, and our first show for a couple of weeks. Let's just say uh, staff summer holidays mean that we've not been with you for a fortnight, but I trust that those of you who watched Betfred's The Last Tackle podcast last week will have enjoyed seeing Steve-O and me together again for the first time on TV in five years. Steve-O, it was fantastic to be back with you. <laughs> I'm not too sure about that, Daddy, but it's you know, <laughs> I'm quite happy with it. Look, look, uh, you and I, we've always said one thing. Do not try to upset anybody. Do not come out with BS. <laughs> do not do this, that, and the other. And you know that I am still talking the same rubbish that I did for 20-odd years. <laughs> Absolutely, I do. Absolutely. Uh, look, this week, uh, we're back to normal at our usual home. And as you can hear, Steve-O's waiting to talk about all things Rugby League. So let's get stuck into it. Steve-O, four of the top six places in the Betfred Super League are now sorted. It's all down to this last weekend. Catalan, Saints, uh, Warrington, Wigan, they're all in the playoffs. Who do you think will be joining them? It's either Cass and Leeds or Cass and Hull KR or Leeds and Hull KR or Cass. Well, look, the permutations are endless. <laughs> who, who do you think's going to get there? Well, I think the favourites will be a surprise. Hull Kingston Rovers, they've really got themselves into a good team effort, uh, and I reckon they'll they'll shock quite a few of them. You think Leeds, they'll win at Leeds? You think they'll win at Leeds? Yep, I really do. I don't think Leeds is... Uh, they've been so up and down, mainly because of the injury crisis. Now, I know all the teams have had that injury problem, but I just think that Leeds coming to the end of the season... Uh, I think it would be difficult for Agar to get them up for this one. Whereas the Rovers, oh, they are doing it very well indeed. Can you call them the Rovers? Because they had a massive, uh, or they're going to have a massive marketing uh, ploy to turn Rovers into Robins, which they've been for 140 years. They're going to be called Hull KR, as I understand it, dropping the word Rovers. I don't know whether that's right or wrong. They've taken the crowns off the badge. They've put cartoons of Robins on the badge. Can we call them Rovers from now on? Well, I think the most of the fans would like to say they're Rovers. Um, if they want to change it to Robins, I mean, they always sing about it when, uh, you know, Bob, Bob, bombing along and all that sort of thing. So it's, look, a lot of people, a lot of the fans are steeped in the history. Uh, a lot of people are a little bit disappointed that you've done that. Remember Wigan? They brought in a new badge. Uh, Hulkings and Rovers are doing exactly the same. Uh, the designer, to me, has done a fine job because when you look at it to start with, it looks as though it's still a crown. Yeah. And when you look 
deep into it you can see that it's a robin so I can't see anybody really being upset by it uh, as much as what remember at Wigan when a lot of people thought that it was uh, it looked very very similar to a coffee house <laughs> yes I remember that I remember that well but listen this is rugby league everybody gets upset about something during the course of the week the month the year and the season right you've got Hulkingston Rovers beating Leeds on Friday Castleford at Warrington on Thursday now this is a must win for Castleford Tigers uh, because if they lose well Leeds and Hull KR on Friday won't really mean a thing other than where they'll be playing in the semi-finals the following week Cass at Warrington uh, Cass at home to Warrington rather on the Thursday night they've got to win simple as that to use yeah. somebody's phrase yep and uh, they've just announced that Shenton will retire at the end of this season so therefore they want the big impact not only that but playing at home in front of those loyal fans they will want to give Shenton a nice farewell etc etc and why not he's been a great uh, ambassador for our game good player played for England and all I can see in my mind is that Warrington will find it very very difficult and they don't seem to play away all that well Warrington at times well, it's a tight little field, isn't it, uh, down there at Weldon Road at the Jungle. As you say, it's the last home match of the season, come what may, for Castleford. It's the last match for Michael Shenton. It'll be an emotional night, won't it? Bound to be. Yeah, well, of course. And let's not forget that the coach is going as well. Yes. So when you roll it all into one, it's like, hey, come on, boys. This has got to be good. We've got to give something back to the fans. And there's no better way to do that is to then roll over Warrington. Um, let's just talk about Castleford for a minute or so. Uh, new coach Lee Radford moves in during the winter. I'm wondering what he's going to be left with, Steve-O. Michael Shenton, as we've said, latest one to announce retirement. Jesse Senilifeo is going. Oliver Holmes, Peter Matauti are going with Powell to Warrington. Grant Millington is retiring. The list goes on. Castleford, to me, sound like 2022 they're in transition already uh, well I'm sure that the coach that's taking over is fully aware of that it isn't a case of that perhaps it's been dropped on him though having said that a few of those people that are leaving have only been announced say what two three weeks ago yeah so yeah it's going to make it difficult but the one thing about Castleford is that they always seem to find some new stars young kids they give them the opportunity and they're very loyal to the Castleford Tigers. So you never know. At least it gives the opportunity for someone else to take it over. Look, you can't be a star all your life. When it comes to the end, of you get forgotten. And it's amazing how soon all these players get forgotten. And I'm glad at times because you look at it and say, look, it's going to give some young kid an opportunity to make it into the big time. And let's face it. We want more and more youngsters coming into our game. Indeed. I, I love that. You can't be a star all your life. You, you pack up your day job and you go and do a podcast. Is that what you're telling me now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the, the, thing that I'm, the thing that I'm surprised about it doing it with you, Ed, is that we're not getting paid. I was no, born well, and bred in Yorkshire. Oh, I know, it must on. it must kill you. That must kill you. It really must. Okay. <laughs> right, so let's just sum up that as far as you're concerned, uh five and six will belong to Castleford and Hulkingston Rovers. Leeds will miss out. Is that what yep. you're saying? 
Yeah. Okay. Okay. Here's a contentious question for you. Catalan Dragons, top of the pile, the league leaders, shield winners for the very first time in rugby league land. Who gets the greater recognition, though, this year? The Dragons or the Saints, judged by many, including you, to be already the team of the year? Now, remember the Dragons, that golden point win in Newcastle. Will they get the recognition that the Dragons deserve, do you think? I probably think that uh, the Catalan coach will get coach of the year. It wouldn't surprise me if the Man of Steel is from Catalan. But the most important thing is who is going to win the grand final. I think Catalan will make the grand final. And I think St. Helens will win the grand final. I've been saying that throughout this season. We made it, what, three or four weeks ago when we were sort of uh, on the Betfred, sorry, it was only last week, on the Betfred show in regards to the fact that uh, it's, it was a good kick up the backside for St. Helens to be beaten by Catalan. And you saw that with the way that St. Helens just came out. 40 points to six against Leeds. Leeds had a lot of youngsters in there, a lot of injuries, as I've mentioned before. And that's why I, don't, I think Leeds will miss out on the playoffs. But St. Helens, their play reminds me so much of what we're witnessing down in Australia. Now, that's a big, big ask for any club in this country because they are playing outstanding. And I got quite a few messages from Australia that they would love to have had Wormsley. Now, remember, about 12 months ago, there was talk about Wormsley being being chased by uh, a, a couple of Australian clubs, and they have been watching the way that he just completely took control in that game. And they are sad that they could not have Wormsley playing down under. I'm glad well, he's staying. Well, me too. And he, he was he was outstanding last weekend. His runs, his defence, his, his 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 attack, everything. It, it really came together for him. He gritted his teeth. Look, I asked you about Catalan Dragons, and here we are talking about St. Helens. This is really, really unfair, isn't it? Because Catalan have only lost three of 22 games all year, most of them away from home. I think what you're saying is Catalan will only get the recognition they deserve, A, if they get to Old Trafford, but most importantly, AA, if they win that grand final on October the 9th. And that's all they're interested in. You know, they'll be quite happy if they, they do get a player, Man of Steel, because they've got, they've got the league leaders' trophy. But deep down, they're fully aware, McNamara is fully aware, that there's only one way that they're going to get the recognition from anybody in this country, in England, in Great Britain, and of course in France, is if they win it. And quite frankly, I don't think that they have enough power in the forwards to match St. Helens. And certainly St. Helens, to my way, have got better three quarters. Well, Catalan Dragons will maybe give us a glimpse of what's to come this weekend because uh, Steve McNamara is talking about it as being their first semi-final when they go to Wigan. I mean, here is an opportunity for the Dragons to really show their hand and say, look, we are contenders for Old Trafford on October the 9th. Never mind Old Trafford, we are contenders to be champions. Yeah, of course they will. And <laughs> you, the, I'm sure that they were saying to the players, St. Helens 40, lead 6. They've come back. 
but it was the way that they came back they played some outstanding rugby league football it was a pleasure to watch it because let's face it Eddie there's quite a lot of teams this season it's been five drives and a kick I know we are not producing what I say classical rugby league especially in the three quarter lines there's only a few clubs that get me excited when the ball is moved about left right through support play far too often throughout the entire 80 minutes five drives and a kick and that will not bring back the fans well I'm with you on that 100% and you know we're, we're, we're both I'm sure really sorry to say this because we're huge fans of the game both of us are but you're right five drives then a booming high kick is not the way to attract new fans new television companies new television viewers new sponsors it's not the way the game should be played you're right but the biggest problem is how are we going to do that do we have to have a big shake-up at the moment right we're just on the verge hopefully of the rfl and super league getting their heads together and creating one organization now i know that we've got a working party uh ralph rimmer has pulled together Hetherington, the likes of Hetherington and McManus who McManus wanted to break away and then changed his mind now Hetherington has made it clear right from the start they should not break away from the RFL and I am pleased that Hetherington is on that working party because something has to be done something has to go and break it and say we've got to start thinking about new ideas bringing in new sponsors etc and so forth because we are being left behind uh, well i noticed that your name's not involved in this uh, working group to plot the way forward um you know th they are going to consider the game's events calendar the competition structures uh, fans tv viewers experience um, how how would you shape it how would you reshape the game to me a simple attitude there is far too much self-interest the people who run the game are connected to all the clubs now you have Super League that broke away most of the people that decided on that move came from people who are owning the club or been managing the club etc and so forth we have got to make sure that people who are making the decision and making the approach to new sponsors new television companies radio stations the media etc we get someone who can organize it and there are a lot of people out there now a lot of people have said you know what about the Hearn Hearn family they're involved with it. a lot of people criticize me say oh well they only do boxing and darts what they've done for darts is quite amazing incredible I, I, it, it is incredible I mean, if if you go to the audience, and I've been to quite a few darts competitions, and I'm in the audience, I can't see the board. It, it <laughs> looks it looks like it, it looks like a twenty pence piece, and yeah. I'm thinking to myself, and yet it's full, it's packed, and people watch it on TV. I, because it's an event, Stevo. It's an event, and I know you can't make every Super League game an event. But you've got to you've got to aim high, haven't you? You've got to aim high. Well, <laughs> I think snooker's a good knockout situation. I mean, snooker's been snooker's been been going for a long, long time. 
people love to it. Oh, you know, and this is a semi-final, and will he get to the quarter-final? Don't miss out. Come and watch this. I mean, and, and the media that they get. I mean, for years and years and years, especially in the national dailies, uh, we're lucky to get five paragraphs, if that. And, and you that know, already... the, the the common denominator on all this, when you talk about snooker darts. Uh, and boxing, the common denominator is the Hearns, Barry and Eddie. Now, they were mooted to be coming or being approached to come into rugby league a long, long time ago. But somebody like Barry or Eddie Hearn will want a piece of the action. They're not going to uh, do it because they're rugby league fans, are they? Of course, that's what I'm saying. We've, we, far, for far too long, we've had self-interest. And it has dragged us back into the mire whilst other, other sports are going berserk. I mean, you look at the Olympic Games. Who would have thought that so many outside of what we classified as sport have been introduced, you know, rock climbing? Now, you can't tell me that since 1895, we could not have established something which was ingrained into us and we should never, ever have lost it. But for some unknown reason because of a lot of things, mostly through self-interest, is that we're lagging behind. We're obviously talking about Super League here because that's the headline act. The championship yes. clubs and the League One clubs, they're concerned that they may be left behind long-term. Um, the Rugby Football League are trying to assure them and everybody else that they will be taking care of their interests. You say that they're going to take care of interest, but I like to see things written down. It's called a contract. It's something that you can look at and say, hang on, you said this, you said that. It's easy to just announce, oh, championship and league one clubs, um, they're not involved in this working party, but don't worry, we'll look after your interests. So, in my mind, that means all those championship clubs, League One clubs, do they know the amount of money that they will get? Now, I'm having a wild guess. I'd say that they don't know. Now, how can you run any competition when you haven't got the basis of what's the amount of money that we can get? So, we can build on that, and then we can go out and get our own sponsors to make it worthwhile. Now, you can't just come out with things like that. Now, I, I know Ralph Frimmer has been put under a lot of pressure, uh, especially in the media and, and these websites. Now, people forget that if it wasn't for Ralph Frimmer, we wouldn't have got the loan from the government at a very, very awkward situation during the pandemic. No one seems to want to talk about that. Now, by saying that, they say, well, they haven't seen him. Well, if you haven't seen him and he hasn't been making quotes, let's hope he's been working. Let's hope he's been working really hard to get this working party going. And as I say, with people like Edmonton and McManus behind him, why shouldn't they come up with something that we can all agree to and get on with? But to just say, come out willy-nilly, uh, don't worry, um, we'll look after your interests. That's not the way to run a business. You won't want. You don't want to go out and buy a car and just say, "Well, I'll think about how much it costs later." You want to know what's happening. 
Well, Ralph Rimmer won't be the first, he won't be the last uh, CEO of the Rugby Football League to uh, take a back seat and not always come to the microphone and come out in front of the cameras, will he? I mean, you have to take him and you have to believe in him that he is working hard to make sure the game does have a future. I wonder if they're looking, Steve, across the channel because French Rugby League seems to be booming. Catalan top of the Super League. To lose favourites to come up into Super League next year through the million-pound game um, they're going to have a home semi-final on October the 2nd at Toulouse and if they win that they will stage the, millenn- uh, the million pound game they will be their only two home games of 2021 it is a remarkable effort from Toulouse and from Catalan to finish top of both tables and Toulouse particularly 13 wins from 13 away games so far incredible I, I applaud both teams. I think they've done a fantastic job. And there is just, in my opinion, one single hope. The word hope. Because while we are seem to be going round and round the roundabout, sometimes the wrong way, sometimes the right way, down in the south of France, they are doing it well. And it can only help because they will attract more and more people to play more and more people to go and watch the games and I congratulate both those sides and I hope Toulouse do get there but once again self-interest now Mr. Beaumont has been shall we say outrageous with some of his remarks especially in in the program which worked it worked didn't it Lee came up with their second win of the season and it was after Bowman blasted his players in the program and now he's come out saying I don't think it's right that if Toulouse get promoted because they haven't played, they've only played 13 games and Featherston have played more now why are we talking about self-interest surely we can just say if at the top of the table everybody knew it was going to be done on a percentage basis not by how many games you're going to win. And I, I, I just can't believe that he's even suggesting there may be chance for a legal challenge. Well, that's just exactly what we need at this time in rugby league, doesn't it? We'll, well, take, something, we'll take something to court. Well, how, how could he possibly do that? Because everybody knew the rules of the competitions, both of them, before a ball was kicked. Uh, I mean, I've got a lot of time for Derek and he's worked tirelessly for Lee. He's done fantastic work for his charity. He was upset that the Lee players didn't support his charity and then went out and got hammered in the Magic Weekend. Uh, I can understand all that feeling of resentment. But then, as you say, his players come out last weekend and they beat Wakefield, who were on a roll. Um, But you can't even consider a legal challenge, can you? I'm, I'm not a legal man, neither are you. You can't. You can't consider a legal challenge to a promotion, can you? If that's the case, Eddie, then, you know, we're not running the game, as we know. We don't think we run the, uh, they're running the game in the right way. Everybody has his own point of view. But at a time when we are really, really trying to get things organised, to bring back Super League and to bring back RFL into one organisation, and here we have an owner of a club suggesting that if Toulouse do get promoted then there could be a legal challenge 
is that the sort of thing we want from people who own clubs no and let's face it self-interest comes up with big letters on the screen listen it would be fantastic for the south of france to have two teams in super league i understand that could you imagine what it'd be like when toulouse play catalan and catalan entertain toulouse in those two weekends be fantastic but for the super league the super league club steve-o there are 10 left and they will say look catalan at the moment they can't travel because of the pandemic catalan bring nobody to away games toulouse will bring nobody to away games i can see why they're a little bit concerned that's two home games where reliance is purely and simply on home support if that was the case eddie then why on earth did they invite two french teams to compete if that was the case if all those people who were criticizing for self-interest if they didn't want that why didn't they speak up at the end and said listen we don't want any french teams no because certain people wanted to spread the gospel and of course when you spread the gospel and now that they're at the top oh it's a different situation one person suggests that they shouldn't it legal challenge for making it into super league we've got another one and everyone where keeps saying it happened at Wembley where only 20,000 fans came from the south of France and they're saying oh you know it'll be a disaster if Catalan get to the the grand final or whatever and I'm thinking hang on these are the same people who said many many years ago yes it'll be fantastic for rugby league then why are they changing their minds instead of nurturing it instead of getting situation I know the pandemic's been a problem but we're hoping we've got all fingers toes crossed that we can overcome it that we can live with it we'll never beat it it's like flu we just have to have jabs to keep it at bay but we've got to make sure that we're a tight-knit community and let's hope as I say RFL please Super League this working party sort it out <laughs> not three months later not six months later get it done within a few weeks so that we can announce before the grand final yes we're going back as one unit what a great opportunity that would be well it would be a great boost for the, the game you're right but back to the problem my belief is if the grand final is so special and indeed it is shouldn't the grand final be nearing a sellout status now yes shouldn't, yes shouldn't the tickets all now be like gold dust now yes yes i'm with you well, 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 and, also, and, and also and also eddie um if you look down right the catalan game down in in the south of france that's sold out yes everybody wants to be part of that and as i say if we can overcome this pandemic and so we can travel that let's make it you know go down there for a weekend even when I was working, I'd go down there for four days. Never mind the weekend. I used to love it down there. <laughs> I know but, you did. I know you but did. The there's bars another and thing. The pubs and the restaurants down there have never recovered <laughs> since too you true. stopped, stopped too going. True. <laughs> but but on on the serious note as well, uh, I cannot believe that we are having games to be played on the day after the grand final. Maybe logistics that I don't realise and I don't know about. 
And if that's the case, then maybe I am talking rubbish. But to me, the end of the season, the chance for all the fans to see the last game of the season should be the biggest game, which is the grand final. Yeah, I can't I can't see an argument about that. I really can't. I mean, yes, it's been a difficult year. Yes, they've had to squeeze in fixtures midweek, weekends. Some teams have played three times in, in eight days. I, I know all of the problems that the game has had. But I'm with you. A grand final. Well, the words, the two words say it all. The grand final. End. Full stop. Move on. Next season is coming. Finish. Do you know... <laughs> I tend to agree with you, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look, look, we we've made our point. We are on the verge of our playoffs uh, here, um, Super League Championship, League One. Uh, they're in the second week of their final series in the NRL in Australia. Manly, the Roosters, Penrith of all clubs, and Parramatta—they all face the moments of truth this coming weekend. They certainly do, and a lot of people are, were surprised that South Sydney put one over the Penrith Panthers, and there has been a huge debate on TV, a clash between both Cleary, the Penrith coach, Bennett, the South Sydney coach. Bennett came out midweek saying that Cleary was trying to influence the referees. Bennett said that it was clearly that it was trying to and this spat was played out over TV and mainly the finger has been pointed at Cleary saying that it was sour grapes because they'd lost to South Sydney now when you look through at the record Eddie no team in Penrith's situation in all the, the NRL playoffs have never gone on to win the grand final so Penrith are up against it my old club really are going to have to play very well and of course it's a great derby clash isn't it well it is do you think they're going to make it do you think Penrith I mean you've been raising a glass to them all through this season Penrith are uh, by far and away the best team in the NRL do you think they're going to make it now I hope so uh, the week before I'd say yes but now the pressure is well and truly on and it, it brings me back to something that it has never ever convinced me is that a lot of the Penrith players they know they're not going to be at Penrith next season and it happens down here and it happens a lot in Australia that when you come to the end of a season when it's the most important part is that the media announces Harry Bloggs moves from so-and-so to so-and-so next year. And I, I, I find it discouraging to think that so many players who are going into a semi-final or into a grand final know they're not going to be with that club next season. Now, maybe I'm, maybe I'm old-fashioned, but if I've got my mind set on winning something, I want to be part of that something, not know that I'm not going to be there next year Yeah, but on the other side of the coin, remember when Leeds lost all those players Peacock, Lulawai, Maguire, Burrow at the end of that season and they went to Old Trafford, Sinfield they went to Old Trafford and they 
they lifted and they won the grand final for their teammates to give them a send-off. It might work that way. Well, you might be right, but it's not all that often, is it? I mean, I'm talking not just this week or last week. I'm talking like three, four months where the media, I mean, look, down in Australia, it's just like the football that we have here in this country is that, you know, if, if there's a situation whereby the media are just non-stop trying to find a story. I understand that. But some of the media are not interested in good stories, what we call, that we can read and be happy with. They want the bad stories. That's how the media has started to go these, these days. And I just don't think that we should have a situation in any sport unless end of the season, once the grand final's gone, Harry Bloggs, Willie Wilson, don't care, they're going. But that's after you finish the season. Not halfway before it, saying, well, he's no longer there. Because the crowd can accuse him of not trying, etc. And maybe they're right. Maybe this player said, well, I don't want to, be, I don't want to get an injury because I'm, I've got twice as much money because I've gone to another club. You can't it's, have it both ways, though, Steve, can you? You can't, you no, can't, I realize. Be, you I, can't yeah. bemoan the fact that we get five paragraphs if we're lucky in one paper and then say, you know, the press in Australia are all over these stories like a rash and, and, and they're getting some stuff that people want to read and they want to gossip about, you know? Well, it's also a mixture of, of good gossip and very, very bad gossip. And they just never let it go. If you, you analyse our gossip, are we good gossips or are we bad gossips, you and me? What do you think? I'd say bad gossip. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like two old boys, this, well, the across thing, the garden fence. Look, uh, uh, we give our opinion, and that's the one thing that I've always, I've always uh, said about you, Eddie. Um, I've never known you tell a lie. I'm going to take a deep breath on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're, I think you're telling a lie now. And, we, <laughs> and look, we'll be back with more good gossip and bad gossip and gossip gossip the same time next week. It's always great, Steve. Oh, great to catch up again. And don't forget uh, the fifth of October. We're back on the Betfred Last Tackle podcast in vision, so people can take a photograph of the screen and keep put it on the mantelpiece and keep their kids away from the fire. Um, okay, listen, I will comb my hair that day. Good lad, good lad. Okay, and have a wash. Don't forget to have a wash. All we'll right. talk to you next week. Good to talk, as always. <laughs> Take care, top man. <laughs>